So for those that you, of you that were with us last week, um, you were reminded that we did a, a, a little bit of a di digression from what we started the year with. We uh, went and talked a little bit about what I suggested is, is really a national illness that we are wrestling with. And it's a pretty significant illness uh, because it is something that um, has had a very a profound impact on our country, upon our nation. And, and so as we, we think about this illness, we, we come to realize that it's a fairly destructive in nature. It's not new to us. I think it's actually been in existence for the last 50 or 60 years, but it's sort of coming to a peak uh, in recent days. And as is true for many serious illnesses, uh, it is no respecter of people. And so it impacts men and women and young and old and rich and poor and black and white and Republican and Democrat and sadly, uh, church members and non-church members, and I say sadly because as church members, we should know better, um, but that has not been the case. And now the illness I'm talking about is not some new form of cancer. It's not COVID-19. It's that, that illness that seems to continue to grow and infect uh, our nation as uh, people who have embraced and have become far too comfortable uh, living in, in partnership with sin and the impact of sin as we see it lived out um, throughout the land. And as we do that, there are consequences to that, which we have seen, sadly, as of late. And so we talked last week about the, uh, the fact that despite this illness, God, in his wisdom, foresaw that and so provided a, a cure for that. And part of that cure is you, and it's me. Uh, we are a part of what God chooses to use to, to help bring restoration Restoration to our own lives, but restoration to our nation. And so we spent a few minutes talking about God's call uh, through uh, the book of Second Chronicles 7. God's call to us to, to be a people more uh, dedicated and committed to prayer. To be a people who turn away uh, from our wicked ways. To be a people who seek the face of God as, as well as some other things. And then we uh, celebrated the promise that if we do that, uh, that if we'll engage in those things, that uh, God will hear our prayers. Uh, that God will uh, help us to, uh, to be forgiven of those sins that we have seen. And then ultimately, uh, to bring about that which I think almost all of us desire, and, and that is to heal our land. Uh, as we think about this whole idea of, of God being present with us and moving us that direction, uh, us being God's people, uh, the, the charge was given to uh, those who are called by his name, that's us. As we think about that, um, we could just wait for, for nature to kind of go its normal course to allow things to proceed as they have in the past. That seems to be the strategy that we've embraced in recent years. And yet I, I don't think I'm the only one that as I look at that realize that has not worked very well for us. We need something different. We need something new. And my suggestion two weeks ago was that a part of the way that we achieve that is by deliberately seeking out uh, ways that God can be more a part of our lives, uh, kind of a holistic approach where he impacts every dimension, every aspect of who we are. And so we talked a little bit about goal setting, and, and I made mention that we're going to look at goals in five areas of our lives, uh, having to do with faith and family and fitness and finances and fun. We're going to start with those first three this morning and pack those uh, a little bit more and begin the hope that as we do that, we'll see that by changing and growing in those areas, 
and that God will not only help us to appreciate and experience a fuller sense of life, but through us, as the world sees those changes, um, that might lead to a, a stronger and healthier nation as well. But we begin with that idea of what goal setting is uh, to begin with, and I've sort of defined it in, in this way. Uh, setting a goal means that we are declaring a deliberate intention to achieve a specific outcome. Declaring a goal means that we're declaring the deliberate intention to achieve a specific outcome. And so I've encouraged you to think about well, how do you want to see yourself growing in, in these areas as we move into 2021? Because it truly is my belief that if we are deliberate about this, that if we are specific about setting some of these goals, that regardless of the circumstances that await us in 2021, and God alone knows what those hold, that regardless of that, um, we can have a great year, maybe one of the best years of our life. And so we begin with this idea of, of how do we uh, begin that? How do we pursue this goal-setting uh, idea when it comes to issues of having to do with faith? Faith. And we start with faith because faith is so fundamental uh, to who we are as Christ followers. It's sort of the, the cornerstone upon which everything else builds. And so if we don't have that element of faith, um, it, it's going to be difficult for us to, to grow as uh, those men and women God would have us uh, to be. And I've, as I was thinking about this, I sort of came up with this analogy of, of, of thinking it in this way. Imagine that there's a, a huge treasure chest that sits there in, in uh, the middle of uh, the city or, or wherever you might be. And it's really big, but it's not filled with gold doubloons or uh, pieces of silver or uh, necklaces or, or fine jewels. Instead, it's filled with those things that truly improve our lives. Things like joy and peace and contentment, love, harmony, uh, those things that are, are meaningful to us. Now we see this, and everyone sees it because you just can't miss it. And yet, for some people, rather than going to the treasure chest, uh, they go to this other thing, this, this pile of rubbish. They, they go to the junkyard that's next door. And then they choose to pull out of this junkyard some old, broken-down things that, that really don't have any true value, uh, but that seem maybe appealing from a distance. Uh, things like power and influence, uh, sex, all of those kinds of things that the world would tell us are, are, are such an important part of, of truly enjoying life. And so we go, or too many people go to that, and they miss the treasure chest. But for those of us that, that realize where the true treasure is, we look at this chest, and we see that there's something that is needed. And the thing that's needed, of course, is a key. In order to, for us to open the treasure chest, we have to have the key. And faith is that key. Faith is the thing that allows us to access what God would desire for us. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and all of the fruit of the spirit that God intends for his people to know, to experience. But for us to be able to, uh, to uh, really take hold of those things, there needs to be this, this piece of faith that's there in our lives. Now, as we think about faith, uh, one of the definitions of faith that I pulled out of the dictionary had this to say, that faith is a belief in and a devotion to God, a belief in and devotion to God. And, and coming out of a kind of a, a secular work, I thought that was a pretty good definition, actually. It talks about the need for us to believe in God. As scripture points that out, the importance of that, but also that there needs to be a devotion to, there needs to be a commitment uh, to this relationship with God. We can't just do it from afar, we have to be engaged in that. 
As we look to the definition uh, for faith from Scripture, we get a little bit different perspective on things. We see in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, this definition. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And as we look at this definition, we see that that a, a big piece of this is that element of trust that we need to choose to trust God. Because without trust, then we, uh, we're not able to experience all that God would want us to experience. And yet, we all know that we live in an interesting age when it has to do with trust. In fact, I would say we live in a very conflicted age when it has to do with trust. Because we don't know who to trust anymore. We don't know what to trust anymore. There's so much false information out there that it's difficult to be able to, to wade through that and, and to discern. And yet, we have to have that faith and trust in God. And so I, I think as we wrestle with this, we, we see that we have to move to this answer that God gives us. And that is when we, when we think about who or what it is that we should trust, we, we trust God. We trust the word of God. And then we uh, pursue the will of God. We trust God, we trust the word of God, and then we pursue the will of God. Because without that element of trust in our lives, we really can't have faith in God. And without faith in God, well, there's definitely some consequences that that accompany that. Uh, For example, without faith in God, we find that we cannot please God. The writer of Hebrews says that almost verbatim. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And and I hope, I think, it's the desire of most of our hearts to live lives that are pleasing to him. We see that without faith, in fact, it's it's impossible for us to be in relationship with God. 1 Peter 1.9 words it in this way. For you are receiving the end result of your faith. And what's that end result? The salvation of your souls. It's because of that aspect, that element of faith in our lives that we're able to be in relationship with God. That we, we see forgiveness, experience the grace and mercy. Uh, we we uh, embrace that, that salvation that God has provided for all who call upon his name. And beyond those things, we see that there's also other benefits that come from living a life filled with faith. We see that there are aspects of joy that we would not experience any other way. Going back to the passage in 1 Peter, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I don't know of anyone who has too much joy in their life, especially in in today's age. We're all looking for a little bit more of that. Well, it's available to us as we deepen our faith in God. Another thing that we see is that there's an element of reward that God provides for his people. Again, going back to Hebrews 11. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And who would not want to be rewarded by God? It doesn't go into great detail what those rewards are like, but I am sure if it's a reward that's coming from the Father that it is going to be awesome for us. Those rewards come as a part of our deepening faith in him. And then finally, scripture tells us that one of the other benefits of faith is that there's a maturing that happens, that there's a a completeness that comes about that that is suggested perhaps comes no other way. Now, uh, this isn't always an easy process. Scripture says that sometimes this involves the testing of our faith. And so we read in James 1 these words, 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers. There's that idea of joy again. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I don't think there's many places or, or stations in life that we live where we could say about ourselves that we can be uh, mature, not lacking anything. But scripture tells us that the, the more that we put that faith in God, the closer we come to that point of being people who are mature in him, not lacking in those things that are important or significant to God. And so as we think about this idea of faith, of the importance of deepening faith, I, I would ask you, what is your faith goal for 2021? And my encouragement would be that there's at least one for you as you think about this. Uh, maybe it's uh, to read the Bible uh, more diligently. Maybe it's to read the Bible through in a year. Uh, maybe it's to spend more time in prayer. Maybe it's to memorize scripture. For me, one of my faith goals for 2021 is to memorize at least one verse a week. I'm hoping to do more than that, but I'm sure I can handle at least that. Uh, maybe for you, it's to be involved in a Sunday school class. Maybe it's, it's to, to use your gifts uh, to be a conveyor of good works in Christ's name. Not just good works, but good works that give the glory and honor to God. Uh, maybe for you, it's, it's to uh, be more uh, committed to our missionaries by praying for them, by writing them notes or emails. I'm not sure what it is, but what is it that if you were to fulfill that, you could look back at the end of 2021 and say, you know what? Uh, this was a good year in terms of, of some growth in my life and my faith. We begin with that idea of faith. But another area that I think is very important for us is that, that whole idea of family. Now, family is an important part of God's plan for his people. In fact, even those who aren't Christians would acknowledge that family is the cornerstone of a healthy society. And so we see that God's sort of put this plan in place for us. And for many people, that in, involves taking that step of getting married. In uh, Genesis, the second chapter, we see, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall hold fast to his wife. It begins with that idea of there being one man and one woman and one marriage. That's, that's how he starts the process. And then often out of that process comes a second step where, where there's children that, that come into the picture as well. God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, full, fill the earth and subdue it. And so we see God calls us to, uh, to, to be a people who, who move forward with this idea, this, this um, entity of family. And not only does he call us to do that, but, but he see, we see that he gives us great counsel and information on how to bring that about. He tells us how to do family well. And it begins with that passage in uh, Colossians and Ephesians that say that as, as dads, as parents, we're not to exasperate our kids. Now, uh, for those of you that have had kids or been around nieces and nephews, and you know that there always comes a time as they grow up little bit of friction that exists as as uh, teens become more independent as they begin to to discover their own self-identity there's a little friction that's there but I don't think that's what's being talked about here I think what the writers here Paul's talking about is is don't be those kinds of parents that so frustrate your kids uh, so alienate your children that it it severs that relationship that exists 
And folks, it's not easy to read of stories in the news today where that's happened of, of uh, daughters or sons that have become uh, so embittered by their parents that they run away from home oftentimes or engage in some um, uh, very unhealthy behavior. As parents, we're called not to exasperate our kids. We also see that a part of that, that, that healthy family idea is, is that if we follow Proverbs 22.6, that as parents, if we lay that good and godly foundation, that the time will come uh, in most cases where our kids will come back to that relationship in the faith. That doesn't always happen. Everybody has free will. But if that foundation is laid, if that, if that solid bedrock of, of an understanding of God and of his love and of his desire for good in the, in the lives of those who are his people, if that's there, then for most kids at some point uh, they'll come back uh, to recognize that and embrace that. Hopefully that, that time is, is just a continuation of what they've had earlier in life. Sometimes, though, there's a separation um, for whatever reason that occurs for a number of years. But the hope, the prayer is that as, as we have laid that foundation, that they'll return uh, to know who God is, that they'll return to that understanding of a loving father. And then finally, we read in, in Colossians 3, a trifold kind of call to the family. It says that husbands are to love their wives in that chapter. It says that wives are to respect their husbands. It says that kids are to obey their parents. And imagine if those three pieces were present in, in all of the lives of families just in the church. That would be incredible. We'd have so much healthier families that existed in the church. And I'm convinced that if society could see that, if they could see what a healthy family unit looks like, they would be enticed to that. They would be drawn to that. And, and through that, that we'd see change not only within the church, uh, but we'd see change throughout our nation as well. We're called uh, to encourage and promote that idea of, of a godly family. Now, let me uh, digress for just a quick moment here to, to point out that that is not the plan for everybody. There are some that are called to lives of singleness, and Scripture's very clear about that as well. Uh, we see, for example, in, seven, in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 8, it says, Now to the unmarried and the widow, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. One of the things that we know about relationships is it takes time, it takes effort, it takes energy. And Paul recognized that, that if you don't have to invest in that, that's just more time and, and energy and resources that can put into our worship, our service to God. But for most, that's not in the cards. For most of us, uh, that's just not an option that, that we have. And so whether it's living a life of singleness or whether it's living a life as, as part of a marriage and a family, God says we can rejoice in that because that's a part of his plan for us and for his kingdom. And I would also say for those that, that are called to lives of, of singleness, just because you don't have your own family doesn't mean you can't be involved in family. Most have got nieces or nephews or, or maybe you've got somebody in your church or, or maybe it's a neighbor that needs some, uh, some godly presence in their life. There's a lot of ways that God uh, can use others to help uh, strengthen and support families. Uh, identifying, acknowledging the importance of family, I, I then again ask us, so what's your goal for family for 2021? What is it that you can do that will strengthen uh, your family connection? Maybe it's to spend more time as family. Now, I know for a lot of families in, in this COVID era uh, that they're around each other a lot. 
but being around each other doesn't really mean spending important time together. See, if everybody in the family is doing this on their phones, or everybody's watching the TV screen or their computer screen, you can be in the same room and have no idea what's happening in the life of others. Maybe building family means that you, you do some fun things. You go for a walk. You have a, a family game night. I, I don't know what it is, but you do something cohesively as a family. Maybe it means uh, uh, spending individual time with family members, uh, father, daughter, mom, son, uh, whatever it might be where you get to, to know one another better. Maybe it means as, as couples having that date night that you've talked about for the last five years, but you haven't quite made happen. Again, I'm not sure what it looks like for you, but I know the importance of family. I know the importance of family to God, and I know of importance to family in our lives. So what's one goal you can set for 2021 that would strengthen that family piece? We've talked about faith. We've talked about family. And, and then finally this morning, I just want to talk about that idea of fitness. Of fitness. We've all heard the adage or seen lived out that if we feel well, we live well, and that if we live well, we feel well. It's just that idea that there's a direct correlation between the way that we feel and our general quality of life. And so we see scripture acknowledging that as well by pointing out the importance of us living lives that, that take care of this temple that God has given to us. You know, these bodies that we have are gifts from God. Scripture tells us that, in fact. We read in 1 Corinthians 6 these words. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. These physical bodies that we enjoy, part of, uh, of that came about because Christ was willing to pay the price through his sacrifice on the cross that we could experience these lives that we know. And we're called to honor him. And for me, I would have expected that to say, honor God with your minds or honor God with your hearts or honor God with your actions. But he says, honor God with our bodies. So we know that these bodies, these vessels are important to God. In fact, so important that it's, it's appropriate for us to desire to have good health. In the book of 3 John 2, it says, Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along. God wants us to take care of these vessels that he has given to us. And it's important for us to do that so long as we don't become obsessed with that. And I don't know if you have known, I have over the years, Occasionally, individuals who become so obsessed with the, the physical fitness that it consumes every area of their life. Scripture tells us that, that physical health has some value, but scriptural health has greater value. In 1 Timothy 4, we read, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And so what we see is we need to, to really go about strengthening all aspects of, of who we are. We need to do that physically. We need to strengthen our physical bodies. We need to develop stamina in our physical bodies. 
but we also need to, to strengthen those spiritual muscles and develop spiritual stamina as well. And with that in mind, I, I again would ask, so what could be a physical fitness goal for you this coming year? Maybe it's to exercise a little bit more. Maybe it's five minutes a day or 20 minutes three times a week. Maybe it's to get on a treadmill. Maybe it's to, to use an elliptical machine. Maybe for you it's coming at it a little bit different direction. Maybe it means um, not snacking quite as much or, or trying to be a little bit better about the kind of food that you eat. Once more, folks, I don't know what God would call you to, but I do know it's important for us. I do know it has a bearing on our spiritual relationship with God to have a good physical uh, evidence and, and presence as well. As we think about becoming the people that God would have us to be, as we think about making those changes that, that will impact not only our lives and the church, but hopefully through the church, our culture, we're reminded of the importance of faith and of family and of fitness. And we do all of those things because, as I mentioned earlier, God wants us to be a people that love him with all of who we are, all of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. He wants us to have a holistic relationship with him. So there isn't the, the, the Sunday person and then the, the rest of the week person so that that relationship is consistent throughout so that there's not a, a, a devotional time where we spend with God and then the other 23 hours are, are completely different. He wants that, that walk with God to be there through every part of our day. We do that as we invite him to be a part of these key areas of our life. Faith, family, fitness. There's a saying that says, life is good because God is great. We know that God is great. There's no question about that. May God help us to discover. May God help us to live out the other side of that. That life is good in all ways and all things because we choose to make Christ a part of that life. This day and every day. Amen. We're going to...